This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Welcome, Friday edition hot take. A hot take day here on uh, Jets at Noon. Free for all Friday as well. Give us a call. Send us a text 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. What is your hot take on the Winnipeg Jets coming up next season? Jim Toth. What do you, you want to get nuts? Let's, let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. Come on. Let's get nuts. And I mean that in a serious fashion. Um, we might not agree with your take, but they're all welcome. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes course. on social media... There's not a lot of patience, especially for hot takes. When does that happen? Today, we're going to have patience. Yes, we'll have patience. You tell me that you want to just, like yesterday we had the listener that said, just cut, wave uh, Shifley. Just send him out for, nothing yeah, for, for anything. For hockey tape. Yesterday, I, w- I said, that's asinine. That's not brilliant. You got to get something from him. You're not going to let him walk. Today, I go, hmm, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very patient Jim Toth today. Today is all it's, it's Friday. Yeah. Serenity now. Yeah, serenity. That later, but yeah. today, serenity now. No, Let's have your hot takes. Up until one o'clock. I mean, everything is gonna be just uh cool. So anyway, send us your hot takes. Hey, it'd be lovely if you gave us a phone uh call. The the line is open 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Get your thoughts. Also shoot us a text, 204-780-6868. If you sent us one yesterday and you didn't hear it on the air, I saved them all and we're, we'll, we'll go through some of them as well as the, as the show goes on. So I do, I do some hot takes on the Blue Bombers bo- uh, broadcast. You hear that uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, with the Bombers taking on um, uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks at TD Place Stadium in the nation's capital. Um, and <laughs> we can go off on this. You want to talk about hot takes? Uh, doing hot takes in the CFL is certainly more difficult with that. This with this effing stat situation that they have going on, which is ridiculous. Um, how you can't even get live stats in the Canadian Football League right now—it's insane. Um, I don't. This it, is. I said this last night on social media. It, it's not even comical anymore. No. Randy Ambrosi, who I'm not as down on as as a lot of people are, but I also think he's made some wrong turns, and so yeah. It's not. It's not going to be perfect. I'd say I'm more Randy Ambrosi pro than than con. I am too. I, that's where I am. With but him. it was absolutely ridiculous when he said it's fine mm-hmm. in week four when he was here in Winnipeg. There are junior high football leagues. Uh, my U11 uh, boys soccer yeah. league keeps better stats than the Canadian Football League. They keep stats. <laughs> I can't find stats last night. I went on in the third quarter, fourth quarter. Butler, the running back for the Tiger Cats, had one rush for seven yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You still can't find them. I'm watching highlights of the game on both sports networks yesterday, or the one, and then the other one's talking about it, and it's just like rushing, and nothing's there. Yeah, And I think they're doing it on purpose. I think their TV partner is actually putting up the, the stats of the bar and leaving them blank as a point because it's week six of a professional season. Yeah. And you can't find stats for a guy. Imagine the media writing these stories. I've heard from all of them, even our own Derek Taylor. Halftime, we're trying to find out how many rushing yards so-and-so has. They it's, don't know. It's absolutely amateur hour ridiculous. Oh, it's it's insane. You, you would never think that this would be possible. 
Anyways. Whoever has got this contract, you no longer have to have it. You have failed to provide what we've hired you to do. You're done. And go get the junior high football team stats <laughs> that somebody probably at this point will volunteer to do for you. Yeah, it's it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. Like the fact that I have to go through these How do these you sportscast in the morning? I, I, it's like, I how do you go? Zach vague. Caleros was 24 of 36. I have to, and I have to be vague. I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't have confidence in releasing <laughs> stats. <laughs> I have to be purposely vague because I, I don't I, know for sure. I thought I heard you last week say, by my count, Zach threw the ball 12 times. I, did, I think I said something but like that. But then I went and got a snack. So I don't know how many in between, but I think overall he had eight passes for <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we got some callers on the line here. Okay. First of all, Mike and Dennis will get you in a second. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Uh, welcome to Jets at Noon. Yeah, thanks, guys. I hope you guys are both doing well. We are. Yeah, I hope yes, you are too, Mike. Well. Nice. So, yeah, my thought has been for a while, especially since PLD was traded to L.A., because mm-hmm. I figured that Hellebuck would go to L.A. As you think about Hellebuck and what our return can be for him, there are so many contenders out there that he would go to, but those contenders have goalies. Mm-hmm. So, how how are you going to find a team to trade Hellebuck to when he only wants to go to contender when the contenders have the goalies already? Like, who are your options? Yeah, Mike, this is interesting because this actually, this article just came out today. It was Lyle Richardson in the Hockey News, and he had an article about why the Jets haven't moved Hellebuck or Shifley yet. And hmm. 24 teams right now are carrying less than $6 million in cap space. So that doesn't mean it's impossible to move a player, but it would take a lot of creativity and a lot of other moving parts to, for Chevrolet off to move them. Because Hellebach, six point one six million cap hit this year, um, and and then and then Shifley, of course, um, six point one two five, and with a ten team no trade list, so it. <laughs> It's it's difficult. It's 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 a difficult situation. And so, like the teams that he potentially would go to, like do New Jersey's. New Jersey just signed Chris Tierney. The, the, I mean, for seven hundred seventy five thousand, um, you know, it's a it's league minimum. But that's a team that's already up against the cap. And it, again, it would have to be a dollars for dollars trade. But this is a real complicated situation. Well, it's complicated because what I've been told yeah. or heard, not told, what I've read, sorry, uh, about New Jersey is they can't afford a six point two million this year. So even though he's at a bargain, yeah, they can't fit that in. Um, the shocking part of the Hockey News article to me, Mike, and everybody else listening, and I said this to you earlier, yeah. is there's 24 teams that can't fit in Hellebuck and Shifley right now. Like there's there's 24 teams that have six million or less cap space, and both of those guys make just north of six million. Mm-hmm. That is a ton of teams that can't even make it work now. Yeah. Um, so I, it, it does have to be a hockey thing. And, and the other part of your point though, Mike is, and a lot of people have asked me about this. There are a ton of contending teams who are solidified and have goaltending. Some of those teams would understand that this is even better goaltending. So that's the, I think the other problem is, would we like Shifley ahead of the guy we got or Shife, sorry, would we like Hellebuck instead of the guy we got? Yes, we would. But at what price? And if the price is too much, and from the Jets' point, the price is a lot because Mm -hmm. he's a top three goalie. So we're not going to just exchange goalies and you get the better one and we get a thing here. Yeah, We want to get some max value for Hellebuck. So that's why I think it's slowed down a lot is I do think there's contending teams that would love to have Hellebuck even though they have good goaltending because Hellebuck is great goaltending. Yeah, It's just a matter of how you work it out, what price you would pay. And then the price goes back to the team that's interested and they go, that's a hefty price. 
compared to we already have good goaltending. So I think it's like this whole mix of aspects like that. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, well, exactly. Like you, you look at all the teams east and west, and, and you try to pinpoint, you know, this team. We know their goal is good. They got one starter, one starter, one. Say, hey, look at New Jersey, and it seems like a really good fit. But why would they get rid of Schmid or why would they get rid of Vanek? Like these guys are a great talent. They got to the second round last year. Like why would yeah. they want to change? From yeah, that? and they're, they're young, right? Team. So yeah. and Van- Vanek was was really good in the regular season. And the thing is, too, if you're going to pay the price to get Hellebuck, you're certainly going to want to keep him. Right. And Hellebuck is only going to, he's not going to want to go and play for the Ducks or Coyotes or whatever. He's going to want to go to a team that has a chance to win. He said as much. That's going to be a team that's going to be a consistent contender. And he also wants to get paid his value, which he 100% deserves. Um, and so that's sort of the other challenge is okay, you know, they're, they're, because he doesn't have a, he has, he does not have a no move clause. So that's not in the way like it would be for Shifley, which is sort of, but you know, no move clauses are there. They're, they're there to be, it to, just screams to be, of to me who's going to blink first. Yeah. And yeah. I, as you go longer, like now I think the stalemate or not the stalemate, but the reason things are really quiet is because they've all had the conversations and they're like, oh, well, you know, it's July. We're good right now. Yeah. But come yeah. late August, come September, yeah. teams might go, you know, training camp starts even and they're sitting there. Maybe they go like, Schmid doesn't look very good in camp right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. do we want to, because if I'm New Jersey, I understand that's really good goaltending tandem, but it's not Hellebuck. And if we get Hellebuck, we are le- they might already be, but we are legitimate cup contender for the next yeah. five years. I, you know, I'm not. Well, I'm, we well I'll, I'll, sorry to interrupt. I'll, I'll leave you with a question. I'll let you go. Okay. If you were to have to choose on a trade between Schmid or Vanek, who would it be? Have a great day, guys. You're doing a great job. Yeah, thanks. that's a good question. Thank, thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. 204 780 it depends. I mean, for me there, Jim, it's where you are in the org, where you believe the organization is. So if you're in a situation where it's like, we want to win now, I think you have a better, you have a better chance if Vanacek comes here. Uh, but if you're looking like, listen, we're, we're not going full rebuild, but we're going in a retool and it's going to be a couple of light years. I think Schmid is the guy that you would, you would want, but I think it would, Schmied, also, yeah. Yeah, it would also be, a, it would have to be a dollar for dollar situation because New Jersey couldn't just ship Schmid out at his cap it, which is significantly lower well, than Vanacek. I, I do think that's part of it. Like, yeah. I think they're sitting here going, okay, this is what we can offer. And I think the jets are going, well, it's Schmid or Vanacek. I think Schmid yeah. because he's younger and, and, and I think he has a, a bit of a better upside, but that's what I would do. And then I got Loren Brassois and I say, Brassois our starter. Yeah. Schmid's here. We'll play. It's probably 50, 50. Mm-hmm. And then you go from there going forward. Um, but I think the problem is, is they need to unload some cash. And as we all know, yeah. when they're unloading cash, they're probably offering the jets this cash and the jets want, no, no, I want that. It's much yeah. like LA. Yeah. Like LA circled and circled and circled. And that's why I told that story earlier. I heard that Kevin Chevrolet said, this is the offer. And everybody thinks the jets are in the corner. But it was like, if you want him, this is what it is. And he got very good return on that Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. So we'll Very to, good return. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. Anyways, thanks so much for that call, Mike. Really appreciate it. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Got a lot of time for your guys' calls and text messages uh, like this one. Uh, this one's from Nathan. Let's test this patience regarding hot takes. When Buff is back next year, everything will be better. As we go to break. Is Bufflin coming back, Jim? I don't know. I was out in the Nestor Falls Sioux Narrows area yeah. last weekend, and um, he still appears there once in a while fishing <laughs> and uh, casts quite a big shadow because oh, yeah. he's Dustin Bufflin. I, look, I don't think Dustin Bufflin's ever coming back. I know that. No, the no, he's, probably, he's, yeah. a hot, he's 
detect Nathan is definitely he still joking. Hasn't filed, I, I did. I'm joking. He still hasn't filed retirement papers. Hey, like he just. Why bother? You know what? The, I I did. Uh, some people were asking me about Bufflin because in that area they see him once yeah. in a while, and I'm like, I haven't talked to him or anything like that. But I still like the Blake Wheeler when he made a thousand games, and um, he sent the video, but he was in a bait shop or a convenience store at the time. And that to me screams of, we've asked you 12 times, can you send the video? The the ceremony's tomorrow. And he just picked up his phone wherever he was at and says, yeah, okay, here you go. We'll be right back. Which is a beauty. Hey, Chris Jones and the Elks, they're in the pits. We'll talk about that when we come back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. I'm not saying that there won't be changes because there there will be changes, I'm sure. But uh, you know, we're not going to sit there and just wholesale change. I mean, we've got we've got good kids in the room. Uh, I mean, the game was again close at halftime, and then just too many mistakes in the second half. We're going to continue to to battle with this thing and, and continue to try to look for the right ingredient. That was uh, Chris Jones, uh, general manager and head coach of the Edmonton Elks, speaking uh, to our sister station, Chad in Edmonton, uh, following the game yesterday, where the the, the Elks lost uh, their 20th in a row at Commonwealth Stadium, uh, this one to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, you know, Jim, I, I don't think that you could possibly do worse in a professional sports league. Of course, the game 37-29, to 29, victory for the Tiger Cats. I don't think you could do worse in a sports league than lose 20 games in a row and tie and potentially break a record uh, in two weeks' time against BC. Somebody said yesterday, um, I think it was on one of the sports... 20... <laughs> They're, they're going to have 21 losses. They're not going to be PC. I think it was Jermaine Franklin who said, there are kids who entered high school and have now graduated without seeing a home win in Edmonton. <laughs> oh, my God. When you um, say it like that. Yeah, I know. That really quantifies it, right? But uh, look, Taylor Cornelius, and I had high hopes for him. And Derek I Taylor. Didn't. Derek, I didn't. Yeah, you didn't. Derek Taylor also at the start of the season said, I don't know what they see in this guy. And and he was making that point on social media last night as well, where he said all the tools except for accurate. He's not accurate. Like he might have an arm and he might do this. And he might do that. But when does one of the tools as a quarterback not being accurate come into it? He cost him the game yesterday when he didn't eat that sack. Yeah. It's just, those are inexcusable things. No, you can't do that. That's up. And listen, I accuracy is the most important thing for a quarterback. I mean, they have to have an arm, but you can make things work with an accurate quarterback. They don't have to have a big arm though. Like they can be accurate is the number one thing. hundred percent. Let's take a break on the other side. Hey, we're getting some wonderful text messages from you guys. We're going to work through them. We'll talk some Velarde. We're going to talk Sandberg, uh, all that other stuff. And we'll get to some other things as well. Don't go anywhere. Free for all Friday. Free for all Friday and call 204-780-6868. We'll get you on the air. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Uh, taking you guys' hot takes, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Hot takes on the Winnipeg Jets next season. Jim and I are just talking. I, I think this works on Fridays. Do this and come give us your hot takes and we'll talk about it. It's a, it's a good Friday show, particularly in the summer. So This could be the summertime Fridays good response, where people yeah. go, you should trade Hellebuck to Edmonton for Campbell, Darnell Nurse, and Nugent Hopkins. It's a great trade. Absolutely. They should do that tomorrow. Do it any day of the week, yeah. <laughs> and then we do and then we'll discuss with everybody. Yeah. Uh two oh four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. If you call, you'll go right to the top of the line, two oh four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Give us a call. Lines are open. Shoot us a text. Again, two oh four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Give us your hot takes on the Winnipeg Jets next season. Uh this is a real good one. This one's from Saxon. Uh reasonable expectations and role for Velarde. Thanks from Saxon. Uh, yeah, real interesting question from you. And um, well, Jim, how do you think Villardi is going to be used? Well, I think he'll be second line, top six. Yeah, 
Um, and I, I, I would assume, like, I believe that they're going to move Perfetti to center this year. And some other people have talked about that, some insiders. Mm-hmm. I think that was always the plan, that this would be the season, whether he was healthy or not, yeah. that he would go to center. Um, he just missed so much time. But I do, I always thought that Perfetti would be a center, and I always thought it would be this year. Yeah. So even, um, I think it'll be with Velarde and Nemestikov in some kind of form. Who plays in the middle, whether it's Perfetti or Velarde? I do think mm-hmm. Velarde, they would like to move to center as well. Um, but with Adam Lowry on that third line, like you kind of need, you need somebody to become the number one center and you need somebody, because be, realistically you have second line centers. Yeah. You're, you're not touching Lowry and Morgan Barron and Mason Appleton. Well, that's, somebody, that's, your, that's your third line. You're not going to be moving guys from there. So I think the only real movement is going to be top six. I don't know, Jim, would you want to, I mean, if, if that's how it's going to be, do you want to have Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley on the same line? Is there, is there too many, is there too much defensive concerns there with those two guys playing together? Well, I think you do. Um, I think when you need a goal, they need to be on there, which is at every, <laughs> in, in any moment see, in, saw, in the I'm, NHL, but I'm trying I, to I find it. I, I'm I'm wondering if you want to if you want to keep those guys together. I mean, um, but I think Blardy definitely starts in the wing, and I think uh, you're going to have Nino Nita Ryder, Velarde, uh have some big bodies to protect uh, Cole Caulfield on the sides. But yeah, I think you probably do start with Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, and and Nick Ehlers on the top line. So uh, Connor. Is it Rabchak, uh, who covers uh, the Manitoba Moose? I uh, put out this lineup today, um, or, or the Daily Faceoff put it out, sorry, and he retweeted it. But this is from Frank Cervelli and Matt Larkin and the crew at Daily yeah. Faceoff. Shifley between Ehlers and Connor, uh, Nemestikoff in between Perfetti and Velarde, mm. Adam Lowry with Nita Ryder and Ayafalo. And then your fourth line has Morgan Barron and Mason I Appleton. I totally forgot yeah. about him. Yeah. So I think that's what's being lost in this conversation is because I, I don't think Morgan Barron and Appleton are third liners. I think that's where the team got better is if they can play Nita Ryder and Ayafalo with Adam Lowry. Wow, this you know what when you put it that way, Jim, this 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 four group got so much more balanced. It's it's, it's deeper. Yeah. And 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 deeper production wise. Like I think Ayafalo, Lowry, and Nita Ryder can put up some points. You you could you could seriously look at the fourth line and say that there can be some impact players so on you, that line. You might not have the firepower of sixty three points in seventy three games from Dubois. You might yeah. not have the fifty some points in seventy some games from Wheeler. And that's what I've always said about Wheeler. Yeah. Do do whatever you often suggest to me over the years with Wheeler, but who's replacing that production? Mm-hmm. And it's not Mason Appleton on the right side. Um, so Velarde over there, Ehlers. Um, I I like that on the right side. Ehlers, Velarde, Niederreiter, mm-hmm. and Appleton on the fourth. Yeah. Penalty killing. Now, you've given up some stuff on the top six, but that's what we discussed earlier this week as well, is yeah. if you give up that in the top six, but you give up less... So you don't have as much production, perhaps, but you give up less. Do you not have a better lineup? Does that also open things up for Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley to be to be more offensive and sort of take? I mean, well, there's I'm, expectations there on defense with those two. That I mean, you, I, I I'm just a I big mean, you believer. want them to play better defense, but if if there's more of a defensive role amongst the rest of the lines, does it does it does it give them a little bit more leeway? Here's the thing: we talked about this play a while ago. Was it in Washington when um, Brendan Dillon had nowhere to go, and he turned back twice and then just threw it up the wall, and he had nowhere to go because Kyle Connor is supposed to be inside the blue line along the wall, getting that pass, getting mm-hmm. it out. And he was he wasn't at the wall. And then when Dylan circled back or or Pionk did, um, he was at the wall, but it wasn't inside the blue line. 
and it ended up in the back of their net. I'm a big believer that defense leads to more offense. Mm -hmm. And my point to that is if Kyle Connor was there for that pass and they got the puck out, they're now on offense. Yeah. That's how Kyle Connor has to play. That's the way Kyle Connor played when he put up 90 some points two seasons ago. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, he had a, a huge massive offensive year more so than his norm because he played better defensively. If Rick bonus can get him to play like that consistently, and, you know, Kyle Connor felt bad after that play and stuff. He couldn't do it. But you got to be in the, in the instinct in the battle. You, that's got to become the norm. Mm-hmm. I think defense leads to bigger offense because if they can play better that way, they will they will have more success. So I'm not sort of questioning can they. I think they can. It's about the willingness to do it. And I think with a lineup like this, they, they could be more productive. It just – I like the lineup the way it was the last five years. I would rather, if you ask me for a choice, I would rather have the firepower. But I'm also being convinced that the firepower wasn't getting it done. And mm-hmm. so now I like the idea of going this route. Now, Perfetti's a huge question mark. I know he can play the wing. I know he can be productive. I think he was third in rookie scoring last yeah. year before he got hurt. Can he take another step? I think he can. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah. If he can stay healthy and you have Nemestikov and Velarde on that second line and and Iafalo and Niederreier in the third, I think the minutes are more balanced. I think you have a more balanced attack throughout the entire 60 minutes of a game. Mm-hmm. I think you give up less, and I think that giving up less, no matter the line, will result in more offense. I'm with you. This next text message, 204-780-6868. Uh, if lines are open as well, text messages and calls, 204-780-6868. Is Samberg full-time next year? My answer to that is 100%. Yes. Samberg is going to be moved up, I think, at some point during the course of the year, maybe not to start, but he will be a top four a defenseman. He's going to be right behind um, uh, Josh Morrissey on the left side. Um, I was doing a, a look into uh, Dylan Sandberg's numbers over the last little bit, and in terms of and again, I'm not the biggest um, I'm not the biggest analytics guy. I think that they're a tool to be used, but there's so much other things going on that you just can't break down into numbers, and the game is not being played by robots. But when it came to uh, high danger chances uh, allowed on the ice over 60 minutes, um, Dylan Sandberg was 11th in the league best in, 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 in stopping high danger chances or not allowing them to happen at all. Yeah. Now, of course, there's, there's, there's 100% usage involved in that. Uh, Dylan Sandberg was not going up against the best, but he had a heck of a lot of defensive zone starts. One of the biggest uh, amount, of, you know, in terms of percentage of what he was, what he was faced with. Um, so I, I think Dylan Sandberg is on a, is on a real high trajectory. I think we saw a little bit more of his offense as well at the world championships. I think he's just starting to unlock. And what I also want to remind people too, Jim is he's two years older than Ville Hainala. He's two years older than him. So, I, and I think that's just another little point here where there needs to be a little bit more patience with defensemen. And I know Sandberg went back to play at Minnesota Duluth twice because the Bulldogs were winning championships. Um, I think he was there for three years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he went back twice because they were winning. Yeah, yeah. And then I think they I'm, he went back a third time and they lost. Yeah, yeah. In the semis or something. But I, I think Sandberg's a top four as well. Uh, I like I said, I will go back to the daily faceoff. Frank Cervelli and the fine work they do there. Uh, their D pairings are Josh Morrissey, Dylan DeMello, Brendan Dylan, Neil Pionk, Dylan Sandberg, Nate Schmidt. Yeah, uh, I think that that's the way it goes. So then we have the names of Logan Stanley. Um, and if this fourth line of Rasmus Kupari, I don't know much about him, but from what I understand, he could he'll be an NHLer this year. Yeah, from what I've read, and I think that he'll be on the fourth line. So then you have Gustafson. Where's the Gus bus playing? Where's he going? 
Uh, there's players like that, right? That, yeah. again, can't stay healthy. I would love to see a good 60, 70 games from Gustafson and see what he can do. It's, he just, yeah, but he's just, yeah. he's snake bitten with the health and stuff. But that leaves you options as well. Like, we're always focusing on Shifley Hellebuck. There are some options here. We also know that through the insiders, teams want Nito Niederreiter at that $4 million. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they're going to do it, but like there's options here of packages of what to do. There's the Logan Stanleys, the Ville Hainola, the Gustafsons of the world, that if they don't fit in, what could you package up and get with them? 204-780-6868, 204-780-68. We got Steven on the line. Hey, Steven, how's it going, man? Good well, thanks, guys. Good, good. Thanks for giving us a call. Hey, uh, Steven. What's your hot take on the Winnipeg Jets next season? Well, i got to throw out a question for you on the uh, the always-mentioned Shifley and Hellebuck. Uh, question one okay. for Hellebuck. Is he now a Jet until the trade deadline, given that uh, the free agency period has passed, or do you still think he gets moved before the season? And just sort of following that, if the team shows success with this new-branded four sort of more defensive lineup that you guys say could happen – does he consider restaying, or is he definitely out? Quick second question on Shifley. Yeah, where do you think his head is at since his suspension? Uh, has that affected his overall mindset, and has any of that played into the de- defensive shortcomings that have really been brought to the fore in the last couple of years? Yeah, it seemed like oh. yeah, it's yeah, yeah, Stephen. It seemed like something went off at that point, and he's. I don't know. Does it? I mean, if you asked him, he would definitely say no. Perhaps if you ask people close to him, I don't know if I can necessarily ask that question. I don't know Mark Shifley. Uh, you know, I, I don't, don't think know. it's bothering him anymore. I, I, don't, I, I think I it might say. be a bone of contention. I think it could be a, a, a spur in his side for a while. It's been so many. It's been two seasons now. If that's still bothering you, that's we well, had Montreal. Not, like, I don't think Montreal, it's bothering him. He was in Montreal last, and they were like, <laughs> this reporter still wanted to ask him about it. As per his future, I, I think. Look, if they can't find another bona fide number one center, I think they talk to him. But I don't see his future here being long term because I think he wants nine million dollars. Yeah. I think Vladimir Tarasenko wants nine million dollars. He can't get seven and a half. Mm-hmm. He's looking at six and a half. So I don't know. Much like Hellebuck, I wonder if the Jets circle around and go, "We're not giving you six or seven years at nine, but would you take two more years with Connor and Ehlers and Morrissey here? Yeah, and and get you know eight. Would you take $16 million over the next three years plus your six here? Like, there is an opportunity for Hellebuck and, and Shifley to sign for two more years here, past next year, and make $20 million. And let the cap go up in two years. I mean, exactly. we're saying it's going to go up again, and then and then it's going to go up even more. I think it's going to be— But I still think they're dealt in the offseason. I, yeah. I don't think they start the season. Because if I'm a, if I'm a contending team at the deadline, I'm not sending you my second-line center for Mark Shifley. I'm trying to acquire Mark Shifley with futures. That's the thing is, it's if 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 you're going to be trading him at the deadline, it's going to be futures that are going to be. And to be back, honest with yeah. you, the Jets shouldn't get draft picks. The way the Jets have been built and the way the contracts lay out from day one has been to always retool. Yeah, it has never been to unload everybody, start fresh, give us four or five years. I don't think they're ever going to do that. Mm-hmm. I think they're constantly going to get to the final year of contracts, see if people want to resign like they have in the past, and then see what they can get if you can't and go forward. Velarde Ayafalo is a prime example of that. Yeah, and, and just go back to your point about Hellebuck too, Stephen. Um, when I look at Connor Hellebuck, the thing is when you have a guy and I, you know, it's not always great to to, to call them assets, but that's what he is when you look at it from a from a team's perspective and an organization. When you have a guy like that, you can't let him walk for nothing. 
because it would hurt it would hurt the franchise for many many years. You can't do the Johnny you, Gaudreau. You, you can't let that happen. Johnny and I, and Mark Stephen on uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster out of Calgary, voice of the Stampeders. We had him on yesterday, and I said that to him. I said the the Flames taught the rest of the league a, a valuable lesson. You can't let the Johnny Gaudreaus, you can't let the Connor Hellebucks walk for nothing. So if if you're in a situation, Jim, you either are so confident. So confident, like all the all that needs to be done. There's handshakes. All that needs to be done is signed, and he's going to re-sign with the Winnipeg Jets. But if if the conversation is still, I don't know, you, you got to pull there, the trigger. To Stephen's point, there are rare cases on every team. Goudreau is one of them. I don't know anybody in Calgary who blames the Flames for that. I think they all blame Goudreau. I, I agree with that. I yeah. think if Hellebuck leaves for nothing, you got major problems. From the fans. I think if you didn't handle the Wheeler thing, Dubois, if you leave for nothing, you can't blah, blah, blah. Mark Scheifele is the first ever draft pick here. Mark Scheifele has the most connection to this organization from day one. I wonder what their thinking is around him. Mm-hmm. Not that they ever want to lose him for free, but if they kept Mark Scheifele and made an offer and he just didn't sign and then in the summer said, I'm leaving, I don't, I don't know. Would fans blame the organization for that? I don't know. Steve, what do you think? Well, I think from a fan's perspective, I think in Winnipeg we have a unique perspective to see. We always hear free agents don't want to come here. It's number one on the don't trade me to Winnipeg list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that carries a lot of sway with other fans, but I look at the job that Cheveldayoff has to do, and it's exponentially tougher than pretty much any other GM because he's playing with one arm tied behind his back. I agree. Yeah. And, and, and when you see a team like Vegas after six years and instant success, I don't think they were handed the greatest team at the expansion draft, but their ability to trade and move and any free agent that comes up, they're on the radar because guys do want to go there. So they they have that ability, and the Jets don't. And the flip- uh, I just, with Hellebuck, I throw it out because with the talk of the team's direction changing, could there be enough in, a, in a success in this season to convince him to change his mind, or is he set? I think that's because the hope. I would have expected they'd be have moved him at the at the draft time, if not. Uh, yeah, before. you know, Stephen, I think I think that's the hope. We have to we have to take a break here. And I thanks, Stephen. Thanks so much. Great call. Really appreciate it. But I think that's the hope is to get him to resign long term. Well, I, I think that's I, what the Winnipeg Jets want. I think they would like somebody to step up here, and I think somebody might. But um, uh, yeah, I I don't I don't know. But here's the flip side of this, though. If you don't want to lose him for nothing, you can't be upset when they get very little. Yeah. So if he doesn't want to resign and he doesn't want to take seven and a half, eight million on a resign yeah. and he wants nine and a half or whatever and you move him and I'm just being facetious here, but the flip side of this is you move him for Ryan Reeves and two picks. People are irate over that trade, but yet we don't know the parameters of look, he doesn't want to resign. He doesn't want to sign anywhere till free agency. So anybody acquiring him isn't offering much. Yeah. Like we'll never know the parameters around that, but I do think they're both going to be talked about and potentially moved. I'm not sitting here thinking they're running them back right now. You get a text from Scott here. You know, the, you know, we get lots of text messages, very negative against Mark Scheifling. Scott says, I'm hoping to hear 55 retires as a Jet. You know. And I think they would like that. Yeah. But I also think it doesn't matter who you are. It has to be reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. If he wants seven and a half, eight million over the next five or six years, I think they look at that. Yeah. There's but like- it can't be north of eight. But he's been taking a massive, like he has not been making his value. Fair he enough. wants to make that up. And if he wants to go after that I money, don't be, I, I don't begrudge him. I don't that. begrudge him at all whatsoever. If he can get nine or eight and a half, like Dubois, but at his age, I don't think he we can. We both get the emails, Jim. I mean, in terms of value points per, you know, per yeah. dollar, Shifley's at top five in the entire league. Let's take a break. We'll come right back. 
Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Yeah, just back to this other text message here. Hey, Jim and Cam, considering the current NHL market conditions, when do you think the next window for opportunity would be for a possible move of Shifley or Hellebuck? Uh, it's better to keep them and try again at the deadline when maybe there may be some more urgency from teams making a push for a playoff spot. One thing Chevy does have is patience. Yeah, thanks so much for that text message. Um, but it goes back to that other point, Jim. Um, it's You're, you're not going to get... Uh, you're going to get futures, you're going to get picks, you're going to get prospects, you're not getting guys on the roster. Honestly, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody, but I don't get this at all waiting until the deadline because, A, they're not going to give you anything that's now. It's all going to be futures. And then, B, the Jets are behind the gun then. Imagine they send Because yeah, once the season ends after the deadline, these guys are walking. You remember, you imagine shipping out Shifley and Hellebuck and the team is challenging for a playoff spot. Maybe they're a point it's in or point out. It's just a different, out. if you can get them for a year and let whatever play out is is way more than at the deadline. Would teams want them? For sure they would. Would yeah. they give you bona fide roster players back? No, because they're in contention. And then B, they're also looking at the Jets going, you don't want to do it at the deadline? Well, then you're not doing it because they're going into the offseason a month from now and, and they're walking. We got We got to go. Here's my hot take. Here's what's going to happen. Okay. This is my hottest take. Shifley and Connor Hellebuck are both going to sign one-year extensions with the Winnipeg Jets, and they're going to kick the can to next year. Here's my hot take, which I don't think happens. Oh, but we got to go, If Jim. I had a hot take, <laughs> we gotta they go. sign two-year extensions and cash in about $14 million plus the six this year, and then they go to free agency. They're not going to get the, They're not going to get the money value that they want and deserve in this offseason. No. Thanks so much. Jim Toth is going to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thanks so much to Braden. Great that job producing the show today. That is a take. I got, I got oven mitts on because you passed a, that to me. Everybody have a great Friday. I'll see you on Monday. Jim's going to be away, but I'll still be here. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.